Welcome back to The Observation, the number one crypto and culture podcast powered by Cash App. When personal finance meets your funds and the stuff that matters, that's money, that's Cash App. And when you use my code Aubrey, you'll get $15 in free money when you sign up. So use my code. And now let's get into the show. So basically, I had a really fun week um, so far. It's only Wednesday at the time of filming this, but I went to the Oslo Freedom Forum, which was such an honor um, this week. And it really reignited my feelings about freedom and what Bitcoin is doing for the world. And um, I think, first of all, let me talk a little bit about what the Oslo Freedom Forum is. So it's a basically a global gathering in New York City um, from the Human Rights Foundation that brings in all sorts of people, activists, policymakers, uh, just notable people in the world who are fighting for freedom. So uh, it was it, it was a gala. It was an amazing, amazing, amazing time. Um, some of the people that we saw there were like Yeonmi Park, who was a North Korean defector, left North Korea with her family and basically escaped, but then was trafficked in China and then has found freedom um, later on in her life. But it was crazy because we're the same age. And that was something that was pretty crazy to, to know that you've lived the same amount of time as someone and totally experienced like a different life than them. And there's nothing different about me and you and me, just the fact that we were born in different parts of the world. And just hearing, you know, different people's stories. So there was someone from Iran, there was uh, an ambassador from Ukraine, um, just talking about this fight for freedom that we have to continually do. It's not, this work is not over. Um, so it just, it was so inspiring um, just to be there with all of so many amazing people. And I was lucky to be there because of Cash App. Actually, Cash App sponsored the event. So shout out to Cash App, um, fighting for freedom, that's money. Um, and there's, some, there was, there's also some like random other funny stuff that happened. So, um, we were waiting in line and, uh, we had a table of people basically that we were sitting with like eight people. It was like Maria, Miles, few other people. And then they asked, uh, David, since they saw him on my podcast, David Hoffman to come on and so to, to come sit at the table. And so David and I are getting our badges in the beginning of like getting to this dinner and right in front of us is Gary Kasparov, like chess grandmaster. And I didn't really realize it at the time, but David's face was just like, and then I realized it was that Gary. Um, and it was kind of wild because as most people know, if you've been watching this show, I've been getting into chess recently. Um, and so I'm not as, a, as big of a fanboy or fangirl as David was, um, but, Basically, at this gala, there's a silent auction where you could win, if you wanted to, a, a chess game with Gary. And I think it started off, we're sitting around the table, and I think it started off at 10, but it's valued at 50000 And so it's like the silent auction. Also, people weren't really, like, taking these bets or bets or taking these, like, no one was really going that high. I mean, all the money goes to the Human Rights Foundation, which... Is, is an amazing cause um, and a not-for-profit and people were not really bidding. Anyway, so I'm sitting next to David and I was like, you got a bid for for this chess game because I just thought it would be funny, you know, to like kind of twist the knife. I do that a lot. Um, and 
and he so he pulls out his phone and it just like apes into this to this bid and um so so it was it goes to 10 and then someone goes like 12 i guess across the room i was like you gotta go 13 you know and because uh, because also there's a chest tie because he like beat metallic and i was like you could you should put like gary on bankless or i don't know how you would do it but like it's good content regardless and so um so basically he he goes 13 and then i thought i thought we were getting outbid across the room i go you could go 13 5 and he's like 13 5 and he tried to outbid himself it was actually this very funny video because someone we thought someone bid everyone's drinking right by the way because that's how they get you to bid more and get people like me to peer pressure their friends into <laughs> getting into auctions um so anyways he tried to outbid himself it was really funny um and now he's gonna play chess with gary kasparov so that's a weird story and kind of wild um but yeah there's been a lot of weird shit going on in chess anyway um if you don't know who gary kasparov is he basically um ch was challenged to uh beating an ai computer back in the 90s and the first round he won in the second round he lost to AI and that was sort of showing how AI was advancing in the world and it's actually kind of a popular topic right now because there's stories going around that these chess players and you know I'm always early I was telling this to Josh earlier that I got into chess a few months ago and then now the chess controversy breaks out right and then I meet Gary it's all it's all aligned but basically these chess players are using butt plugs to to win games and I just I think that like I would look myself in the mirror and be like, you used a butt plug to win a game. How could you respect yourself? How could you look yourself in the mirror and know you shoved something up your ass to win a chess game using AI? You're just not smart enough. I also put out a banger tweet the other day about why is the king so beta in chess? Bro doesn't move the whole game, gets one move, lets his whole squad go down before he goes down. People had some things to say. Uh, uh, Alex Botez said that it would be nearly impossible to checkmate an alpha king. Uh, but what I heard was, so there is, there, there is possibility. The other thing, uh, Preston Fish said, let me pull this up. There's some interesting takes on this. The real take is the, is the king is beta. Preston said, he said, the king and queen are yin-yang sign. One holds infinite value, but is limited in speed and range, while the other has extremely powerful speed and range, but has limited value relative to the king. I think that undermines the queen. So as, as most men do. Okay, that's my, those are my chess takes. This has turned into a chess podcast. For some reason, um, but yeah, it's it's chess drama is really interesting right now. Okay, so what else did I do this weekend? Was I went to a wedding in Chicago to see my friend Michelle get married. She was the most beautiful bride. Um, I went for a quick twenty four hours. She got married on a Sunday, and I flew out, um, and it was beautiful and. One thing that was nice about this trip is I got to reconnect with my best friend who I kind of had grown apart from. And that's always such a tough thing, I think, is when you have a really, really good friend, like a best friend, and 
and just certain things happen and you, you somehow like go a few months without talking and all of a sudden you just feel really bad and sad and you've, you've kind of missed out in moments of their life. So uh, we had a really, really great chat. We basically talked about, you know, we're, we're just very similar but different at the same time. So um, I could have been a better friend about like checking in with her and, and seeing what was going on. And she kind of holds me to like very high standards mm -hmm. of friendship. And she was like, maybe that was a bit much. So it was nice to do that. Um, and I'm trying to make it now back to events that are important to me. So what, I mean, weddings and showing up for people's weddings, showing up for people's baby showers, things like that really, really matter. And, but I'm going to be saying no to a bunch of other things because I think that, uh, I've been like, if you've been watching this podcast at all, I've been definitely running around and doing too much. And so just saying no to everything and slowing down in some ways is great because there's legitimately always a crypto conference in this industry. And I'm really excited to go to the Bitcoin Amsterdam one, but I do not want to go to like a million conferences anymore. And I think it was really funny that Elon Musk tweet that he put out recently. And it was, um, it was, it was a screenshot of his conversations with the new uh, CEO of Twitter, Parag, and he, he was like, what did you get done this week? I feel like that's so many people in this space. It's like, what are you actually doing right now besides running around to all the conferences? Not a lot. So I was talking to my parents the other day about the observation because we have not heard any Rob's reviews in a while. And um, I hadn't really just been in contact with them as much as I usually am. And my parents said, yeah, we don't really watch your show, Aubrey. And that kind of made me a little upset. And to give you color and background of how I grew up, I grew up in a very strict Catholic family. And I love my parents dearly. And we have a, we have a pretty good relationship. But there are things that are tough sometimes with this. Um, it kind of made me a little bummed out because I do feel like sometimes in life, um, the people closest to you are not your biggest fans. And I've been sort of ruminating on this for a little bit. And my friends and family are, are great and supportive, but sometimes your, your biggest allies and your biggest fans are a non-random people on the internet. And I think there's an interesting reason of why this happens. Um, one of my theories is that people have, are they're locked into an idea of you that they've grown up with. And if that, if you disrupt that idea, it becomes uncomfortable for them because they don't really know how to deal with this new person, right? Because most people kind of get set in their ways and they're not really pushing against the grain most of their life. They're usually kind of in a flow or in a routine, which is routines are great, but uh, they, they have like almost, it's just easier for them to understand you if they put you in a box of sorts. So um, it was a little bit of a bummer to hear that my parents weren't watching the show quite as much. And maybe that is because I do from time to time curse on the show or, you know, we had a, a dating person talk about like having friends with benefits or things like that. Things that is, are not accepted <laughs> by the Catholic church, um, really. And so I just found that interesting and a little bit of a sad cause you, you would want your family to be your biggest fans, right? Um, but I think that's what always what has made me kind of a lone wolf in my life and just living out in New York. Like I'm the only person in my family that lives out in New York and is, has been just kind of always supporting myself, uh, since I was basically 18. So it's an interesting thing. It, it doesn't bother me as much as I think it 
has in the past because I be, have become financially independent and can and choose my life and have chosen my life the way I want it to be. But there is this, this tough thing. So I kind of just wanted to bring it up because I feel like maybe other people can relate. And um, I kind of know this from, ex- uh, from just, I have a, I have a friend who's, who's from my hometown. Um, and I'm not gonna say their name, but is, is kind of blowing up on TikTok right now. And all I hear, I've heard people say so many mean things about them trying to do something different, right? Because they grew up in Mesa, Arizona. They're trying to do something new with TikTok. And this person is gaining a lot of followers for just kind of doing some funny stuff and putting yourself out there and and being a little cringe. And it's sad that there's so many people, including, you know, some of my friends that have said, like, why is this person doing this? This person's just trying to get famous on TikTok. Who gives a shit if they're trying to get famous on TikTok? Good for them. They're trying to do something different. Why do they have to do the same fucking thing that they've always done in their hometown because it appeases your ego? It's disgusting. Like, I just genuinely... And, like, the slander that people get for going out on their own and doing something new, I just... uh, It's like, that's commendable. That's bravery. It's easy to be a critic. It's easy to point fingers and not try anything and just stay in your lane your whole life. So, anyways, what I would like to say to people is when you see people going out on a limb and doing something like trying to create a TikTok channel like my, my friend is doing. Being extra supportive and showing up for those things really goes a long way. And if you are that close family member or friend, making, making sure that people also know that you're still there to support them during this, during this time and this sort of transition period because people should be allowed to transition into new ventures and they don't have to stick to what you think of them and allow them to just be them, you know? Get one life. You should go do what you want. Um, and despite what other people are going to say. So, wonder if my family will see this one. I don't know <laughs> if they saw that. Like, just got to be honest. Um, okay. So, now let's move into um, Kim Kardashian got the book thrown at her. Basically, the SEC fined her for $1.3 million for getting involved with Ethereum Max, which is basically a shit coin. Um, and she shilled this on Instagram and did not properly disclose it. So they tried to basically make a, uh, a case out of her, I guess I would say. Um, and the things that I didn't like about this is like New York magazine came out with a headline that says, uh, Kim Kardashian is being like sued for being a crypto grifter and crypto grifter put together sounds awful number one just because it gives the rest of the world this idea that crypto is just grifting which let's say like a lot of it is but that's that's the mainstream media attention and it's unfortunate because um i I, there's a lot of things here that don't don't make sense like where kim kardashian's team that allowed this i think the person or the 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 project was only two hundred and fifty thousand dollars which feels cheap for kim kardashian's instagram account Um, and she's paying like 1.3 in fines, which is nothing. I feel like she's not hurting for that, but there's a few other things that I immediately thought about. And yes, like Floyd Mayweather and some other people have already been like made examples of, but Kim Kardashian feels like a little bit of a spectacle in some ways, just because, you know, she is maybe the most famous woman in the world. Um, and it just feels like there's a lot of other people BitBoy, other shills 
in crypto that should be uh, under fire first? Like, what about the rest of the team from Ethereum Max? Where are they? What's the update on that? Why is, like, it just feels bad. And now, of course, Kim's probably not going to touch crypto at all. I also heard this weird conspiracy theory that this is all a PR stunt for her. And I don't know why that would be, because it's not good PR, but she always stays in the news somehow. And uh, I feel bad for you, Kimmy. You should have gotten a Bitcoin um, and not shield it and just, you know, just advocated for it. But that's tough. Um, so, yeah. So she's, uh, she's agreed to not promote any other crypto assets for three years. So basically, she'll be right back up when the next bull market starts. All right. What else is going on? Tom Brady and Giselle are allegedly headed for divorce, which is sad. I don't like to talk about people's divorces. It's not, it's weird that the media celebrates divorce and kind of talks about people in this way. It's such a private situation. But if, you know, if we're here, I guess we're going to talk about it because Tom, Tom got into crypto this year and uh, Giselle. Okay. I think we could, first of all, (laughs) Tom Brady just can't retire. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because he has a massive ego and he has to stay. Like, is it because he knows he's that great and he must continue on? Is it because he loves football? Because we all know the dispute was that uh, Giselle wanted him home more and wanted to be around the kids as they're growing up. And Tom agreed that that it was something that he was going to do. And that was basically the, the reason for his first announcement of retirement. But then he came back, right? And if you look at his Twitter bio, it says family and football in no particular order. feels like it's football and then family, TBH, not judging. But um, so yeah, Tom, Tom's just like not going to hang it up. This guy's going to be like 90. They're going to have to bury him at the end of like in the end zone. I don't know what's going to happen. Like you're going to have to drag that dude off the field. I don't think he ever retires. I think it's, I don't know if I love it or hate it, but it's just, it's a little sad to see, to see this marriage come to an end. Also, let's put up that picture of Giselle and uh, SBF at the Bahamas conference, because that green line situation, can we put a dating prediction out there? Giselle and Sam Bankman-Fried? Just kidding. That's not going to happen. I do think there will be Giselle and Leo because they dated in the past. I think they'll be seen together at like the Met Gala or something, but it's not going to go anywhere. Definitely not Pete Davidson. Um, but it is okay. But it is really, really sad uh, to, to see them kind of headed that way. There's no confirmed divorce. They've just hired attorneys is what's broken, but we'll see. Um, there'll be like some notes app statement coming out. I'm sure. Very, very soon. Um, But what does this mean for the Eagles? Because as most people know from Twitter, I'm a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. And you might be asking, like, why? Why is she a Philadelphia Eagles fan? She lives in New York, and she grew up in Arizona. Long story short, my dad's from South Jersey, and we've had season tickets since, like, the 1960s. Um, Diehard fans. And... So I I grew up in a time when the Eagles had never won a Super Bowl. um, And I've lived through a lot of that pain. So seeing the Eagles at 4-0, the only undefeated team in the NFL right now, is kind of mind-boggling because it really does feel like the world's ending or something's not right. When you see the Eagles doing that, 
well, but I'm so fucking pumped. Like I, I think we're Super Bowl bound. We gotta, we gotta clock it on this episode. Super Bowl bound, Eagles Super Bowl in Phoenix. It's gonna be legendary. Um, I do worry about this though with Tom getting divorced and having more time on his hands. Because if you remember, the two times that the Eagles have been at the Super Bowl was in 2004, playing the Patriots, playing Tom Brady, which we lost because Andy Reid blew out the clock at the end. It was awful. Terrell Owens had just come back from a, an injury. It was just a disaster. I remember being in my house and just and no one spoke. It was, it was absolute quiet. Like nobody spoke to each other. I think people went to their rooms separately and cried, like with the door shut, um, because we really thought that was going to be our year. But then we get, our, we, get a, we get a second chance, and we, we come back in 2017 and we get to face Tom Brady yet again but this time Brandon Graham comes with a strip sack and Tom Brady is on the ground and I just remember when the Eagles won the Super Bowl like I just remember not believing it like I almost get emotional thinking about it right now because it was just like fuck like, everyone in my family was just like, this is not real. <laughs> what am I crying about the Eagles on the pod? Fuck. <laughs> you know, you, you watch a lot of games and, um, um, <laughs> um, it's just a lot of pain for a lot of time. Anyway, so it's so great to see the Eagles doing so well. Right now, um, just give me a second. So, it was a great moment for our family. Also, uh, I think it was emotional because my grandfather had bought the season tickets and never got to see, he died in, um, in the eighties and he never got to see the Eagles win one. So the next day I took, um, I bought a Super Bowl shirt from the store and I went to his grave and just like put it there as like, we did it, you know? And it actually ran in Philadelphia magazine, the picture. I tweeted it out. We'll put it up. Um, just like a thank you, like we 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 all made it. That's why I like sport. Okay, like sports is just so bigger than than um, like winning games stuff. Like it's like a culture. It's your family. It's everyone who's behind it. Anyway, um, so uh, Jalen Hurts looks fucking great. So du- dual quarterback looks fucking amazing. Miles Sanders like averaging like I think eighty nine rushing yards a game. Like everyone looks everyone looks good. Third best defense in the league. Um, so I do worry about Tom Brady though. If he, if he does have like more time on his hands, does that mean he, I feel like it's like the Brady, Brady versus the Eagles for some reason. I don't know what it's like, no matter what I, he just feels like Darth Vader to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, beating Tom Brady in his prime was, was a top tier moment. And I will just say Nick Foles will always be the GOAT. So that's how I feel about that. We'll keep you updated on the, on the sports part, sports edition of the observation. Um, hold on. Why the fuck? That was so weird. I just thought about the memory. It was so emotional. All right. Switching gears to Elon Musk. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's maybe going to buy Twitter again for $44 billion. He just continually trolls this entire like back and forth. And he just tweets something out. And now he's they, like, they had to, Halt the stock trading this week. Uh, wait, but it's but now the stock's up twenty two percent since the news this week. Damn. 
Is that just not market manipulation at its finest? Anyway, um, I do think that they're trying to clear out the bot followers. If you are on crypto Twitter right now, it is absolutely awful. Every time you tweet, there is like five or six bots that attack every tweet that I'm I'm on. But you can see people's like followings going down, um, which which is I think good because um, it just makes the platform better. But then obviously advertisers are not going to want to be a part of the platform. Um, people are like back and forth on how they feel about this. Like I just feel been personally jerked around by this entire deal and I just rather not talk about it anymore and just if if it if it closes then we can we can have a recap on it but I don't know like this is how long has this been going on for like six months more it's ridiculous um also a really cool moment uh that happened this week at Paris Fashion Week Bella Hadid which is probably the biggest model, like top model in the world right now, had a dress created on her in real time at a show. So she basically came out like wearing nothing, just minimal underwear. And they like with a can basically of sorts made a dress out of thin air. And then she walked the runway. And this clip is so cool. I want to put it up because it just feels like fashion is is kind of having this renaissance period of, of pushing the boundaries and kind of being uh, revolutionary in this new way. And it feels like Bella Hadid is maybe one of the one of the few people that is really propelling this forward. And a lot of people are almost using her as their muse. Interesting enough, though, uh, Bella Hadid is doing her own metaverse. People haven't really talked about it. She's talked about it on her Instagram. I don't know where that's going, but I do think I have a PR prediction of sorts that there will be some collaboration of fashion of some sort um, and in tech and advancement and Bella Hadid and this world that she's creating. It's like a cyborg kind of looking thing. I, I, I don't know. I honestly have no idea. It's one of those websites you go to and they give you no details because they probably haven't figured out the roadmap yet, but they just want you to kind of FOMO into the idea. So uh, cool, cool for Bella Hadid, sick moment in, in Paris Fashion Week. Um, speaking of fashion, the observation is dropping some things, some hats. Do we have one that I could try on in the studio? Um, so we have these Observe hats that are going to be wearable tech. Um, and so if you're interested, we had people in the comments basically being like, when merch will... Now we have merge. I, I'll put it on in a second. Um, but basically, want to do something very similar. It says observe on it. We had it in tan and white. And, no, not white. Light tan, khaki. Um, this is the black one. It's kind of sick. We'll put the link up um, under this pod so that you can. Feels like it needs to be. We'll put the link up in the um, under this pod so that you can basically sign up and put your email in. Well, thank you so much for tuning into the observation. Good luck and Godspeed.